Coming up, direct-to-streaming movies, cursing, The Mall, and Christmas newsletters. All that and more on this episode of For or Against. Just old friends on the podcast, we build a defense on ridiculous topics, are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, this show is immense, so tune in and choose the side that you sit on the fence, man. We debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars, you listening now to For or Against, so turn the volume up, this is For or Against. Hello and welcome to For or Against, a podcast for new friends, produced by old friends. As always, I'm your host, Mike McFadden. Joining me today are my friends and yours, Patrick Lothian, Michael Winan, and Courtney Mueller. Hello, everybody. Hey, everybody. Good to have you all here. Before we get to our weekly update, I'd like to make a quick shout out to a friend of the show, Mark Hands. Mark was a guest during season one, and he has an excellent podcast of his own called Think Differently. Each week, he speaks with interesting guests who challenge the status quo. Most recently, he shared a conversation with Fritz Heffinger from Outcold Experiential Marketing. And this was not your typical business podcast interview. Fritz uh, shared stories, uh, and one of them involved, keep in mind this is true, uh, a car heist, a car chase, and the exchange of gunfire. And he was able to tie that all back into the business that he runs. If you enjoy our show, support our friend Mark by downloading and subscribing to Think Differently, wherever you do your podcast listening. Okay, what's been going on with you folks lately? Starting with you, Michael. Uh, not a lot. It's uh, cold winters come in coming in in 2020. Uh, have been playing chess um, always trying to learn new things. I've never played a game of chess, but uh, watched the uh, Netflix limited series, The Queen's Gambit, which I thought was uh, a delight. Yeah. Uh, so I bought myself a chess board and I've been playing my wife. She's uh, 3-2 on me right now, but I got her in a in a tough bind. At, uh, <laughs> the, uh, we've been playing during dinner and I got her in a tough bind right now. So as soon as I'm done recording, I'm going to see if I can't uh, capitalize on it. There's Mike, I got to say... Oh, so go ahead, Pat. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a chess board you can um, buy that I found where you can play with people all over the world and it moves their pieces for them. Ooh, I'm for that. Yeah. Very cool. Mike, I was going to say that you sound a little down because the, the pending <laughs> winter, but last week you said that it was fall and you were very excited. Is the fall season in Texas, <laughs> like here in the Midwest, where it's like a you know, snap of the fingers and then the seasons change? Uh, I think I was speaking more of a metaphorical winner. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's just um, not going home for the holidays. is kind of a bummer. So trying to find new th- ways to keep myself uh, entertained during during COVID. All right, well, I'm going to cheer you up, buddy. I'm going to cheer you up. I'm going to make you feel better. <laughs> Good. All right, Courtney, what's going on with you? Um, hi, guys. It's been a minute. Um, yeah. We've been painting and putting this house back together. And What you said a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Pat, how's your never... course coming along? How's, how's your video course coming along, Pat? <laughs> Excellently. It it never ends. Um and to entertain myself while painting particularly trim, uh I hate it. I've been watching Dawson's Creek, rewatching it, because I watched it definitely like high school. I think that was around our high school time, if not a little bit younger than that. Um, and I, God, I hate new characters that I loved and like idolized before. And it makes us sound just terrible when it comes to just speaking English in general, because their vocabulary is exquisite. And 
I just I'm questioning every move that I've made since high school because they are clearly one step ahead of us. But Joey's annoying too. Yeah, the characters on Dawson's Creek. Well, sure. But like Joey, I loved her. I was like, oh, Joey, what a life. She's like the girl down the creek. She's had it hard, but she comes out on top. But like she's the worst all of a sudden to me, like she's mm. just annoying. She just complains. I'm just like, oh, mm. stop being a killjoy. But that's where Joshua Jackson entered my life and never left. So thank you, Dawson's Creek and Netflix for merging. Thank you, Courtney. It's funny you bring that up because Michelle just started Dawson's Creek for the first time. So yes. I'm not <gasps> sure what the resurgence is about, but maybe you guys can talk offline about the show. I, I jumped in for like an episode or two and there are some racy yeah. themes that they – Ooh, don't yeah. really acknowledge at all as being racy, like the the student teacher relationship. I mean, they're just oh, like in episode two, right? <laughs> like that's where we're going with this. Yeah, episode two. Yeah, yeah. on wild. camera, on wild, camera. Yeah, wild stuff. All right, thanks, Court Patrick. What's going on in your life? I have two corrections from last week. The first one, I got a call from my mother, and she was not happy. I thought it was because I didn't tell her I had kidney stones because she was mad that she found out that Amanda got bit by a bug from the, the show. Oh, so I purposefully ball. didn't tell her so that she would know through the show. I thought that was funny, but she didn't even bring that up. Um, what she was upset about was, um, and we'll need another disclaimer at the front of this episode, is how my younger brother found out about Santa. So apparently she must have smoothed it over with Andrew that his older brother yelled, Santa's not real at him. She must have convinced him that wasn't true. And then it was years later when he asked her, is the Easter bunny real? And she said, no. And then he said, that means Santa's not real. And then he cried for a long time. So there's a correction there. The second one. Well, that's just deduction. That's just good. (laughs) That's just being smart. That's nobody's fault. I didn't, I didn't think it was anyone's fault. No, it's casting blame. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're just setting the record straight, Mike. And the other one was, um, Mike, I talked about those Bose uh, glasses that had the bone conduction. And I think you were correct that they don't do the bone conduction, but it made me think because I knew that technology was real, what it would be like to do bone conduction. Cause I've always wondered, is that because you always chase after like headphones being better and better sound and they have to have like, better and better equipment in there. I wonder if there's levels of, of bone conduction or can bone conduction be better than headphones or is it definitely worse? I kind of wonder, but I, I've never been able to try. That was supposed to be a correction? Yeah, because last <laughs> week I said that the, the glasses at Best Buy were bone conduction and they were not. Oh, okay. Thank yes. you, Patrick, for there that update. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Um, we got so- there. My update um, is for all of our listening uh, subscribers. Uh, There is now an official uh, for or against mobile web app game that you can access at tinyurl.com slash FOA pod. Basically, it's going to list all of the topics that we have previously talked about. Consider it like a conversation starter. There's really no rules to how the game is played, much like how this show has no real rules either. So go ahead, check it out this holiday uh, season when you're Zooming with your uncle and you run out of things to say. Pull up the app and we'll, we'll give you a for or against topic. Cool. Very Good job, Mike. Mike. 
<laughs> All right, now it's time to play for or against. One of us will present a topic that we will analyze, discuss, argue about, and then decide if we are for or against. Patrick will start off this week. So, Patrick, would you please take it away? I guess so. I feel like our opening was very short. That was like the shortest opening we've ever had, at least <laughs> in the last couple of seasons. Should we just let some dead air? Just <laughs> yeah. Play? Well, I did want to say congratulations to Courtney because the opening for her it wasn't like oh guest star or filling in it was just our friend courtney yeah so good job oh, courtney yeah you Look should switch it but thank you, you <laughs> i don't want to be associated in any no way it's with your show no you're officially our <laughs> it's your yours. Show. i was like pat what are you like congratulating me for that's so kind what a nice little okay. wednesday night surprise now we can start Um, so mine is movies streaming at release. So that means that the movie comes out in theaters and also streams at the same time and or skips theaters. This obviously makes a lot of sense right now for COVID, but I do wonder if some theater or some, um, film companies are going to try this in the future because some have been successful with this, especially with kids movies. And mo- most recently there was a um, deal in between HBO max and uh, WB movies where all of 2021, any movie that comes out, which I think there's like eight movies coming out are all going to go to HBO max the same day it goes to theaters and some people are very upset about this, including the director of Dune, which is one of the movies. Right. Um, he is very unhappy and feels like this ruins his movie. Um, so I am going to see if you guys care at all. And I'm going to start <laughs> with Wynan because you seem most in the know about this. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's not an ideal scenario. Um, I, for one, really like going to the movies. I know that they've been declining in years, but here in Austin, there's Alamo Draft House. There's a few in other country, in other cities as well, but we've got several where this is where it started. And going to the movies is like, to go to an Alamo, it used to be go, to go to an Alamo movie, you'd have to buy your ticket a couple days in advance, no matter what the movie was, because they kind of like make it into like an event and there's food there and um, a community and it's cool. So I was going to the movies a lot. I even got one of the, they had their own pass. Uh, and so not going to the movies is something that has been a bummer for, for me. Um, it was definitely um, uh, a, a thing I really enjoyed to do. Uh, but I recognize that, you know, it's not just the movie theaters that need to make money. It's also the people who made these movies. And if they can't, I mean, they put $250 million into making Dune. I know it would be artistically a better, definitely a better experience in the theaters. I'm going to try and see it in the theaters if I can. Um, But they have to recoup their investments somehow. It's still a business. And if you want movies to survive um, in any form, uh, they have to be creative with it. So yeah, the Dune is is meant to be on a big screen, I'm sure, given the 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 material. But I get that this is the best of a bad situation. I think the fear is is are people just going to be get used to it and refuse to go back to the movie theaters? And I think that that's honestly a question for another day, um, and not something we should worry about right now. Um, and uh, if people's appetites change, that's part of life. Um, I'll still be going to the movies, but uh, I feel like it's whatever the market will dictate. 
if uh, they make more money and they can make cool, more cool movies and be more experimental and spend more money and have, you know, a chance for people to see movies that perhaps they wouldn't see, uh, then by doing it through streaming, I'm on board with that. Cause I think right now the only movies that make any money are these huge, gigantic blockbusters or movies that are copies of other movies. We've, we've talked about this in the past. Anita Jones five is still a go. We've, uh, even though, you know, um, that that movie is it's just kind of rehashing old things. So maybe maybe a new uh, delivery method to people can can breathe new life into a, an industry that's challenge, challenged even more so now. So I am for nice. How about you, Courtney? Um, some of my favorite memories in the past, including you guys, has been going to the movies, then going to probably Pat's house right afterwards, and digesting what we had just seen. Um, while eating our feelings, whatever we did. Um, I love going. I love making it an event, love it for a date night and whatnot. But these guys need to like chill the French out because you can't make a movie that's specifically targeted towards the movie theaters themselves because what is the typical I, I didn't look this up what is the typical timeline for when a movie is still in theaters what is it like 16 weeks or something like that sure maybe yeah. less okay. let's go with that <clears throat> let's say it's 16 <laughs> weeks right and then the rest of the time it's going to be seen in your household so you have to realize that this is the game that you're already playing you're just kind of moving around the parts you're just obviously going straight it's not like you're making a movie that's a straight to dvd scenario which a lot of you know people in the business are terrified of doing um of selling out if you will but you're still going to be able to witness the magic that you put in the hard work that you put in yes are you going to take a bit of a, a setback artistic. with the yeah with the artistic you know setback yes but at the same time no because like we went to see these major motion pictures like specifically i was thinking of like titanic and west. how massive <laughs> Sure, all of these, but like seeing like Titanic in the theaters where everyone's crying about this guy that f didn't fit on a door, which he could have, but whatever. <laughs> but like, you know, it's a masterpiece, but like still when you watched it on not one, but two VHS uh, tapes when you bought it at home, <laughs> you still felt the magic of Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. So it's just kind of like moving the parts, the big part, but just like you've got to move with the punches. You got to roll with the punches. And I think these directors that are having a hissy fit need to like kind of come to grips with reality and make do. I mean, they have all these incredible things to make their movie memorable at their fingertips with just a studio they can make it magical still with it being at home. Do I think going to the movies is going to come back full swing? Not immediately, but yeah, it's going to be a favorite pastime and hopefully a favorite future time. I am uh, for doing all of this for COVID. Cool. How about you, Mike? <laughs> okay. So I want to push back a little bit on 
what Mike was saying about sort of like the artistic integrity of like the movie experience. Uh, for starters, these movies are, are, this is the movie business. And so they're only getting made because they're, they're making money. And so like the idea that they're going, like they're not going to be able to afford to make more movies because it's going to HBO max instead of the theaters. Like they're making the decision because it's a, a financial decision. Yeah. I, I think, think that's what I think we're in. A, we agree. Okay. Sorry. Maybe I misunderstood what you were saying there. <laughs> Again, I'm doing I, I wanna... very good vocabulary as, as we discussed previously. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. So then Just I want to watch Dawson's Creek. <laughs> and I want to talk about the idea that like you're missing something significant by not being in a movie theater. You're living in like a uh, early two thousands world, like a 42 inch flat screen HD TV yes. is like $140 these days, like on, on black Friday. So you can get like your own cinematic experience in your own house. Most people have that. And my experience has been at the movie theater more often than not, I get a bad seat. I'm too close, so mm-hmm. I can't take the movie in the way that it's supposed to be. I'm too far away, so the sound is like blasting into one ear and I can't hear what's going on over here. So like, yes, is being in the perfect seat in the theater a better, a better cinematic experience than you know anything that you could have in your house? Yes, but rarely do you ever get that ideal position in the theater. And your house is so much better than it was in 2005 through 10, 15. Like you have an amazing movie watching device in your own home. So fair, but don't discount the psychological portion of it, of of seeing something in a group setting, a funny mm -hmm. movie with a lot of people laughing around it is going to make it a more enjoyable experience. It isn't just the technology of being in a movie, but it is being in a group, being with your friends, being in a seeing it in a, in a mass setting is just a psychologically uh, a better experience in many ways. Well, that's and why that, I'm I'll, so go, go ahead, Pat. No, but I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> but you can have that group experience because, like, that's what we did. If we weren't at a movie theater when we were in high school, we were watching a movie in somebody's basement, and it was a different, fun camaraderie. But like, movie theaters are never going to go away because it's one of the few places where you can drop off like an eleven-year-old and like say, yeah. "I'll see you in two hours." And, and then you get them out of your hair and like, you know that they're safe in the movie theater, not getting into any trouble. And these days with everybody having a cell phone, like beepers are going, not beepers, but like the ringing <laughs> kids these <laughs> the beep days of the cell phone, the beep of the cell phone and the glowing of the light. Like you're just constantly distracted and they're really expensive these days. The other thing is don't some of these streaming first movies that are concurrent with the theater experience, aren't some of those really expensive to, to obtain haven't there been like i think on apple uh movies streaming like you could get the first run oh yeah, stream, oh, yeah. but it's but like, like 60 dollars. yeah well no yeah i did that for um bill and ted face the music and it was 17 bucks yeah so like uh, i think rent. that but i thought that that was fair because yeah exactly because like the comp is the first run and yeah. so i'm especially for the i, I can i think uh, appreciate why it would be that expensive. I think everybody is conditioned to understand that seeing a movie when it first comes out is going to be more expensive than, you know, watching old school for the hundredth time. Yeah. All right. That's my position. I am for streaming releases. That's three fours. Is this unanimous? Uh, It is. All right. All of you are on the right track. And I feel even more 
harsh towards these little bitch directors. <laughs> Thank you. Who, I was trying to be nice. I mean, we're in a pandemic. Hundreds of thousands of people have died and you're whining about the movie that you made a million dollars on while people are in soup lines that you have to have it shown in that some people get to see it early on their TV screens because they're all still going to the theater and most of the theaters aren't even open right now. So it wouldn't even be a few sacrifices or many, many sacrifices we've had. This is, this is far down the list. Yes. (laughs) This is very, very close to the bottom. I can't imagine something that would piss off people more that are like in middle America that are struggling to hear an elitist, director from LA complaining that their movie is shown on people's TVs. Poor guy. Like, sorry about, <laughs> yeah. about your next topic, Michael, but fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, I, that's what I got. What about that Tim- Timothy Chalamet, though? Timothy Chalamet, right? I'd see him in oh, my, yeah, he, on my home screen any day. Are you talking about how he wore the sweatshirt on SNL? Well, no, just him oh. generally. My wife is a, is a big oh. fan. <laughs> I think because people can't see um, the outline and we never once, or no, he did mention Dune, but we never made the connection that he's in Dune. People uh, might not know what you're talking about, Mike. Sorry, <laughs> he's in Dune. Get with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you, Be Patrick. with the zeitgeist. Yes. Uh, we're going to move on to my topic now. And so this topic uh, came to me through a conversation that I had with my father, and uh, the the, conver- the the topic is cursing. Sorry, and, Tom. And specifically, <laughs> is our cursing, first meta topic. This is this is maybe a meta topic because this is a topic about what uh, we uh, should do with our show, and 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 so the topic is cursing on our show. And I should clarify that Tom is uh, not opposed to cursing. I've even heard him curse. I curse in front <gasps> of him more than I probably should. Stop. And he's clearly heard us say um, all sorts of naughty words on this show. Um, so I guess my question is, is, is cursing bringing value uh, to, to our show? Or is, would there be a reason to, to not curse? And like the one reason that comes to mind is that um, I know that like my brother can't listen to the show in the car with his kids because we say fuck a lot. And so <laughs> you know, and his kids are young and he doesn't want them saying fuck. And so the more I say fuck, the more likely they are going to be to say fuck if he hears me saying fuck. Um, so that, that's sort of like the gist of this. Should I have not just did that? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to start with uh, Patrick because you have delicate sensibilities. Um, <laughs> I get what you're saying. Like I, I've thought about it because there's also... I'm not sure with podcasts, but like I know like YouTube that you can mark if like it's okay for children to watch and it can affect how many people can actually see different things depending on what your rating is. So when it comes to that, I don't think we have to go out of our way to swear. Um, I do think it was necessary in that last topic when I said (laughs) it. Um, Which is an important thing because like I'm not, and I don't think my dad is either. He was more posing it as a question, um, mostly for the use case of being not able to ride in the car while listening yeah. to this. And I think that makes sense. And I, I would say that I could be more for like holding it back 
It just, it's, it's part of my natural vocabulary with you guys. So it's not like I, I'm purposefully like, Oh, this other fucking day I was walking down the fucking street. (laughs) Like it, it just comes out naturally sometimes. And I know Robbie can't hold it back. So I mean, that's yeah, a big I problem. think it is interesting, Mike, that you chose this topic when we ha- we are missing the most, you know, uh, prolific pontificator <laughs> of uh, of vulgarities. <laughs> okay, so Pat, do you have anything to add before we go to Mike? Well, what do you want? Do you want a for or against on swearing in the show? Yeah. yeah. Are you for continuing to curse on this show, or are you against it? I guess I'm for continuing just because. I don't ever want it to be fake. I'm f- also for not trying or trying to swear less. I could be for that, but I'm for whatever is natural to you in the situation. As long as you're not forcing, because nothing's w- less funny than like forcing swear words and stuff like that. So I would say I'm, I'm for cursing and I'm for cursing less. Okay. Thank you. Michael, let's go to you. Um, you know, I think the, the the conceit of this show is that it's uh, friends talking to friends, right? And using swear words is how friends talk to each other. I think to Patrick's point, uh, if we were to, uh, you know, limit that or, or remove that from our vocabulary, I think this would sound more contrived and, and you would lose that element. I think that my, if I could get even more meta, I think the least, my least favorite moments of this show is when we're too nice to one another, where we say, <laughs> I can see your point, or that's good, and we're kind of waffling. I want us to like pick a four or pick it against and stick to it, and don't be afraid to, to speak your mind, because we are, have been friends for three decades now. Um, and, and if you need to you know, emphasize your point with a cock or a balls, do it. <laughs> I mean, who am I speaking to? My mom? I mean, I know my mom yeah, is 20% you are. of our audience. But, <laughs> she but if is you have to, biggest if you supporter. Have, if you have to do it to emphasize your point, I don't I don't think uh I don't think we should uh we should limit ourselves. Um let's But let's our, make but this Mike, my my question authentic. to you is is are we playing devil's advocate here? Is are we limiting ourselves by relying on these curse words? You know, we could, you know, last uh, episode, we used the, the term dog shit several times. Could we have said hot garbage? Could we have <laughs> come up with other more expressive, <laughs> non vulgar ways to get our point across? Would that perhaps, better us as individuals? <laughs> perhaps Courtney was, uh, was, was even more uh, eloquent than she thought when she said that our vocabularies are lacking and uh, <laughs> therefore we're using these as filler words. Um, but again, I'm not going to say I saw your point. I disagree. I think, uh, I think it, this shows less about the topics and more about the, the, the discussion of them. Let that be natural. I, I think there's too much to lose by, by limiting ourselves or restricting ourselves or, or worrying about what we're going to say um, uh, if we were to censor ourselves in that way. And then we couldn't have Rob on the show anymore, and he's a good guy. So. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Courtney, I'm curious to hear if, if the female perspective is any different. Um, uh, take it well, away. Well, I'm a specific kind, I guess, because um, fuck censorship. <laughs> um, it's dumb. You guys... We've all talked probably the exact same way since 
we've known each other and that's the whole basis of this podcast. Now, mm -hmm. am I a full-time member? No. However, I see both points. I see that you can don't. maybe, no, I know I'm, I'm going to fight it. Don't, don't worry. You know, you can count on me for a good fight, but I'm going to say, yes. Could you add the children to listen to in the van while you're dropping them off to the future movies and malls that we go to? Maybe, but I don't see them listening to that for longer than five seconds without bitching and moaning about not listening to like B96 throwback to our ears. But at the same time, like we say the F-bombs, it's natural to us. It expresses ourselves. Is it the most eloquent again in our vocabulary sense? No, but are we those people? A hundred percent. Yes. You're being your true authentic self. If you want to get LA on it, you're being yourselves by saying how you feel and not holding back. And that's what sticks out when you guys authentic. are saying dog shit last week, Ryan and I were cackling because you kept saying it. And it was just kind of like, it was like a, an improv game almost that you guys were playing and you guys piggybacked off each other and it worked. So like, yes, is it the greatest language to use at all times? No. But does it need to be said that people are, you know, acting like little fucking bitches about their beautifully made blockbuster hits that are still going to make them millionaires? Fuck those guys, fuck censorship. <laughs> I'm a fucking lady again. <laughs> Sorry, I know I'm very different from the classy women in your lives, but uh, yeah, I'm against. Well, Tom McFadden, thank you very much for posting Sorry, Tom. this uh, conversation. <laughs> Tom, I love you. <laughs> um, so the only reason that I thought that maybe this would be well, I thought it was interesting to explore because I was I was leaning towards, uh, I think, what everybody has said here, that it probably would feel maybe a little bit too forced to, to not swear. Um, I think sometimes we do use it as a crutch and we, we do use it as a filler word. Um, but then also, I think sometimes when we're just speaking casually, it just it comes out as, as part of our vernacular. And I think that to... I think to, to try to not do that would take something away from just our, our normal dialogue and it wouldn't feel exactly the same. And uh, I, I don't know. I think we also want to make this show a little bit dangerous. So those 11 year olds can, you know, Ooh. you know, download it behind their parents back. And I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> um, but then the other, my other real point though, is that almost every podcast that I listen to um, there's, there's no filter on what they say. Um, and I listen to like a lot of, podcasts like business podcasts news podcasts um pop culture podcasts interview podcasts and like i just don't feel like swearing is that big of a deal in the context of the podcasting realm i think it would be weird though if if like television and like school and just like publicly people started talking the way that they do with their friends. I do like the decorum that is, you know, present in, in some avenues of life, but I don't think this particular avenue <laughs> deserves it, it, needs it. Also, so, it's probably good that we swear because your brother might've been listening when we talked about Santa's not real mm. and that could have been bad. Which reminds I just side note that yeah. 
because you never said that in the last podcast and I was so proud of you guys. You never really said that statement that you just said that I think <laughs> yeah. you added out. You never said it. You said, when did you find what out What is the cross-section of people who are going to listen to you, Courtney, say, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> but still really <laughs> open. That still 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 jolly guy's going to come down their chimney. The overlap in the saying. Venn diagram is pretty small. I, I was, it was like, one of those like i was on pins and needles are they gonna say are they gonna do it are they gonna ruin everything but you guys did a great job and then pat ruined it so you know that's (laughs) fuck that all right (laughs) let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor this week we are foregoing our typical sponsor placement and instead making a plea to you our listening audience to make a donation to toys for tots Since 1991, the United States Marine Corps has made it part of their mission to collect new unwrapped toys and distribute those toys to less fortunate children during the holiday season. No child should go without a present this time of year, and now you can see to it that no child does by purchasing a new unwrapped toy and dropping it off at one of the many drop-off locations around the U.S., or by making a monetary contribution at toysfortots.org slash donate. As part of this campaign to support Toys for Tots, Last week, we talked about what one of our favorite presents was growing up. This year, I'd like to know what one of your least favorite gifts was growing up. Or if you don't have a favorite, a least favorite gift, maybe a least favorite memory. Uh, Patrick, uh, I know at the beginning of this episode, you were having a hard time coming up with one. Did you, did you come up with one? Yeah, but I'm, I'm taking it an even different direction than what you allowed us. <laughs> so no. <laughs> so I, I can't really think of anything other than like, I guess I was good when I was younger, like when I'd get socks or something, like, oh yeah, I wanted socks so bad. Um, so I don't really remember any specific like gifts that I didn't like. So I'm going to talk gratitude. about- gratitude, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to talk about something that Wynan might- no, it would probably make him angrier. Yeah, uh, most things do. <laughs> it was the last time I did um, the white elephant with my family, um, I opened up a flask and I ended up feeling very bad because it just wasn't a thing for me. I thought it could have been something that other people would like, but every time someone picked up stood up to get a gift i'd be like oh don't you want this flask and i would talk about the flask a lot and then like near the end of the game i heard my uncle dave say to the person sitting next to him i thought it was a pretty good gift because i I made him feel bad i didn't want to do that so that was a i guess that's a bad uh christmas memory of mine (laughs) all right well thank you for taking it in your own direction uh michael Least favorite Christmas gift. Yeah, this one was also of my own doing. Uh, we, we, in, in 1996, the Nintendo 64 came out, as did the Sega Saturn. <laughs> and my parents, uh, I had an NES for many, many years. I never got an SNES because my grandparents had one in Florida. So they're like, you don't need to have one, which is like, I don't live there. You live in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> <But> exactly. <laughs> so I, I was on old hardware for a really long time. And then my parents kind of handed like, we'll give you the, the system that you want. And I did my research and I did the exact same thing that Patrick does with his Zoom or his Windows phone, where I got too far into, I did too much research on the early proto-internet. I, <laughs> I read too much where the Sega Saturn was the superior 
piece of machinery. And that's true. The technology for the Sega Saturn was better. So I told them to get me that, and they did. And then, like, four months later, they stopped making games work because <laughs> nobody bought one but me. Um, so I didn't have a PS, uh, an N64 while all my other friends did. Um, but they were – I had such great parents that I, I believe the next year they did get me an N64, oh, uh, even though I, I made the wrong uh, – I had buyer's remorse almost immediately <laughs> with that uh, Sega Saturn. But I, I think it's still at my parents' house, one of the last, uh, last one probably in existence. Maybe it's worth something now. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Michael. I'm going to protect the identity of the gift giver. But one time for Christmas, I received a gift that I think was really more of a – I don't even know if it was a backhanded insult. It was maybe just a, a straight insult. I received a teeth whitening kit. <laughs> no. They're, they're concerned about your appearance. They want, want you to look your best. You've always had the whitest teeth, yeah, though. Yeah, me too. Well, it's because I got that gift. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was a good gift after all. Do, I don't think know, I do we know that. this person? Yes. Oh, okay. Are they Courtney, always- how about you? Least favorite <laughs> gift or memory? It was me, get, guys. No, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a least favorite Christmas memory, and it's it's devastating. Um, so I was in school, and I was sitting next to this girl who we were just, you know, we were uh, talking about Christmas break, right? We were out for what two weeks out of school for two weeks Shorter. for Christmas yeah, break. 10 days. For, yeah. Um, and we were talking about, you know, where we were going. I remember one other girl was like complaining about how she had to go to Paris again. And I just wanted to like, <laughs> just wanted to hit her so badly, but I couldn't do that without, you know, getting the attention. Um, and I'm, I'm not a hitter anyway. So I was talking to this other You're girl and I was saying, Oh, I'm a, kicker. <laughs> I'm a slapper. Um, <laughs> and so we're sitting in homeroom just you know talking like that um oh what do you do for christmas oh you know we have it at our house oh we do it this way blah 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 and i go yeah so when did you find out uh about santa and she goes what do you mean (laughs) and i go like when did you find out about santa i'm not gonna say it on the show and her eyes but you definitely said it in real life i said it in real life 100 percent. it was like yeah not a thing um her eyes were so ginormous out of nowhere tears falling down her face that's a shame this was eighth grade oh well eighth Great. And you did her a favor, honestly. I ruined the world her was life. about to come to her fast and, and I, hard, I right? took away all the magic that her parents so incredibly still had Gaslighted in that household. her with. This no. <laughs> She's like, "What? What are you talking about?" And like if she could have been like running around in circles like, you know, a dog trying to catch its tail, she would have because she was basically doing that in her head. And I Courtney, was like, Courtney, oh I release you from this burden if I thank can. You. This is <laughs> not thank your you. fault. This yeah, is, this is on the parents. Mine and thank you. Thank do you. We, do we know this person? <laughs> A hundred and fifty percent, yes. Oh, that's wonderful! I can't wait for the big reveal <laughs> off air. Was it? Was it Lexi? <laughs> it was Lexi. It was Robert Silverby. He's Jewish. He still had them believed though. <laughs> he just got so jealous of having Santa. He didn't. 
Well, let's uh, make uh, the lives of a bunch of young people much better than our memories that we just shared. Thank you very much to everyone that's listening. Let's do some good in this world. Uh, buy a, an unwrapped new gift and drop it off at one of the many drop-off locations around the country or visit toysfortots.org slash donate to make a monetary contribution. And we're back. Michael, it is now time for you to share your topic with us. All right. I will do so. Uh, we were talking about the, the movies before. Um, actually, the last time I, I saw a movie, a friend of mine uh, rented out a theater uh, so that we could watch uh, Jim Carrey's The Grinch. It's actually pretty affordable now because nobody's in the, in the movies uh, anymore. Nobody's going to them. Um, and so we could all hang out for her birthday um, in a very safe area. It's a big building and we didn't have to be uh, close to each other. Um, and we could enjoy something that, that we we enjoyed uh pre-covid times but uh what was amazing to me is that that uh that movie theater was attached to a mall and that mall was filled with people who uh you couldn't tell what year it was or that there was a pandemic going on you couldn't believe the number of people who were just dying to get into that cheesecake factory and bury themselves literally and metaphorically into that giant menu of theirs uh, but uh, I don't go to the malls for shopping anymore. I think, um, you know, they were in trouble before. And with coronavirus, I'm, I'm sure many malls won't survive. Uh, experts say that 25% of the 116,000 malls in this country could close by 2025. My question to you guys is, do we care? Do we even want them to reopen? Is the mall a vestige of a, of a consumer society that we've simply moved on from? There's the internet and different ways to, to buy things that, uh, that uh, is just better than being in, in a giant uh, temple of consumerism. Uh, I'm going to start with, uh, with Courtney Mueller and, and get your thought on the mall. I'm going to tell you, we let it live one, or die. You let it live, first yeah. and foremost. Uh, these are people's jobs that are being taken away. I am raised by Bob Mueller, who refuses to use any self-checkout uh, line <laughs> ever, because he says, this just replaced somebody's job. And I like that. I like that feeling of being like, you know what, I'm going to do this, you know, and in support of somebody, you know, showing up to work and doing their thing. Okay, I do realize that probably people would much rather you use the self-service checkout so they don't have to deal with you. That's a side note. But (laughs) in the grand scheme of things, yes, it's like being replaced by computers, just like the Internet online buying is being replaced by going into the malls. Right now, the malls are basically disasters. And when I see people with their masks like below their noses or like they lift it to talk to people and then close it when they're done with their part of the speech, wherever they are outside of like Abercrombie and Fitch, I want to once again slap them, but I don't because of legal things. But it's common decency. I guess a normal thing to not do. Um, But in any case, the mall, again, favorite pastime, favorite present time when nobody is there. Hey, you, you have your mall walkers as too. You got to think of all these people that are avid, uh, you know, consumers on top of, and it's not just big box places. These are small boutiques that are 
for the most part, those are failing or in just doomsday times more so than anybody because they're not, you know, like Nordstrom or Bloomingdale's or whatever. And even those big box retail stores are sinking ship. It would be a shame that these malls that helped us grow when, like how Mike said, you could drop your 11 year old off and you'd think they'd be, you know, safe. Hopefully they still will be, (laughs) but you know, that was part of our childhood too, was just going to the mall and you walk around for 12 hours, get lost in Barnes and Noble, pretend you're interested in books all of a sudden, and then you get picked up by your mom and dad. Like it's a whole, it's the experience level that you would be taking away from not only just going out shopping, but window looking and going to lunch and maybe to a movie after. It's the whole event that I don't want it to change, but it just needs to gradually get to a safer place where we could go back to a new type of normal. So I am against it being uh, obsolete. So you're four malls. You I'm like four malls. I do. <laughs> okay. When you brought up this topic, Michael, and I was, I was thinking about it, um, I was brought immediately back to, uh, I think, seventh or eighth grade uh, when the movie Mallrats was in vogue with, with my Great circle flick. of friends. And I probably need to rewatch that because I don't remember the plot. I, I only vaguely remember that Jay and Silent Bob are in the film. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm conflating the uh, my memories uh, of Mallrats with Empire Records, another you know cinematic oh, gem of the late yes. '90s. Um, and so, like, there is a sense of nostalgia uh, that the mall brings to mind. Um, I used to, you know, get dropped off at the mall, and like that was the activity. We're going to the mall nothing specific to do there not even going to see a movie but we're just going to all be at the the mall and Mm -hmm. we'd walk around and not really usually just sort of get into trouble usually there'd be like the entire evening there was rumor that there was going to be a fight that never (laughs) happened except for one time when fritz fought this guy that just and like really just owned him so good job fritz (laughs) anyway um Your friends think, sound like 1940s characters. I'm like, yeah. Fritz is going to fight Jerry. Up, up on the it was just a random guy and the guy got his ass whooped. Wow. <laughs> anyway. Um, but like we were all like in seventh grade. So like you can't really get a whole good pun. Anyway, um, I, I think I think that the uh, the there's an aspect of the mall that I've never really understood. I guess I understood it from a historical uh, standpoint, but I don't understand it today, which is the department store. Why do I need to buy a, uh, an air fryer in the same place that I'm buying slacks? Cause you do. You don't, but I would argue you don't. <laughs> so I think that the, the, the mall serves a purpose in that it, it's a place to go. I'm in favor of consumerism. I, I, I think that, you know, capitalism is the engine that drives our democracy and we need that um, engine to keep going. And so if we could have a place that is like the thing to do where money is exchanged for goods and services and memories and, and, and laughter and, and, and enjoyment, then I'm all for that. Though I do think that the, the current mall needs to shift and I hope the direction that it shifts is towards um, experiential consumerism, where you go and you're not just going to pick up an air fryer and a pair of slacks, but you're going to almost like attending a, a museum or like a, a concert or, or some sort of cultural event where 
you're going to, to actually do something. And if companies can put their efforts towards making cool things where you could, you know, go take a picture in front of it or hear an artist or support creative endeavors with consumerism and experiential um, you know, marketing. I think that that would be something that I'm interested in. I am not interested in standing in line at the Cinnabon and then, you know. Oh, so good. <laughs> Courtney, getting it, it, getting it to a, at the throat. No, it's a it's, it, it is. Like that <laughs> equated me emotion. to like Golf Mill. If you went to Golf Mill, you were going to get Cinnabon. Like that went without saying. And I went to <laughs> see Santa and I was doing the can-can dance. No, I'm not kidding. And my patent leather, this is also a bad memory, but kind of funny. My patent leather shoe flew off. It hit the top of the like window or whatever that was, that used to be there, no longer is, may it rest. And it flew down and hit a woman in the face. Nice. After me seeing Santa. If we can have more (laughs) of Courtney's shoes hitting kind ladies in the face, I'm, I'm all for it. So I'm, I'm, against malls in their current state, but I'm optimistic about what they could be. I I also think that there's, um, the, there is a possibility that they could be repurposed and some of those spaces could become like shared workspaces or, you know, especially we live in this COVID era now where we found out that most people don't need to be in an office at all, (laughs) at all period. But I do think that people do want to leave their home. And so if you could reimagine what those, physical you know spaces are for the mall could be something new and better mike can i ask you are you one of those people that actually goes to target and doesn't purchase an item no i've never not purchased an item at target okay so that's correct many items exactly there are people who like to peruse the target (laughs) people there are these i'm just gonna head out to the target and see what they got for it's crazy it's crazy to to leave Uh, that type of store which is consumerism at its finest how how can you leave without even just seeing the dollar five dollar bin aisle? You fall for something and you're gonna get it, even if it's like a stick. I'm not of going gum. there unless I have something that I'm gonna buy. That's of thing. course, Patrick. I want to hear from you. You've been you've been silent. Sorry. You're a man who buys things online all the time. You're 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 a purveyor of of online retail and, and culture. Tell me what you think. Is it is it uh, is it time for us to put them all to bed and have it evolve to something else like Mike says? I don't enjoy being around a lot of other humans. Mm, that's tough. Um, yeah, tough to get around at a mall. One reason I use the self-checkout, then I don't have to look into somebody else's eyes. So, sorry, Mr. Mueller. Um, Pop's going to be pissed. <laughs> um, any of the malls that I've been to recently, like they just have a like all the stores are just garbage. Like there, they aren't those like boutique stores that it's like, Oh, here's interesting stuff that I can take a look at. It's all just kind of big boxes, big boxes, <laughs> but, but just a bunch of big boxes attached to each other. Um, so the only reason to go to a mall for me is if I'm going for a specific thing at a specific store. Then after I've gone to that store, it's not like, Oh, let's go and check out these other stores because there's just nothing that interesting. And it it seems like with stars like stars, Jesus. You with- got it, Pat. You can do it. Finish your segment. <laughs> I understand. We you. believe you. With stores like Target, 
<laughs> I mean, that kind of covers everything and you, you can get slacks and an air fryer at a target. Yeah. Um, but I don't I love see, that you guys both say target. slacks. <laughs> what do you say call the things that you wear on your legs? Pants. Pants. Huh? What? Pants. <laughs> that was actually your first topic. Flats. It's <laughs> a complete throwback, but like pants. This might be, this might be for a year old men talking. This might be for a different episode, but I don't think target is a department store. I think it's, it's, it's a different thing. It's a big Sorry. store. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Big um, right, Michael. Uh, also, Patrick, real also, the more. other thing that's bad about mall stores, at least the ones I've been in, is that I'm, I am cheap and I buy my slacks at Target <laughs> because they're cheap. And then I went to a department store because I needed pants and I'm like, oh, these jeans look nice. And they were like $120 and that's too much money for jeans. Thank and- you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, take us home. Well, I will. Um, and sorry, Courtney, you're in the minority here. Um, no. I hate... So, so I'm seeing a lot of articles about the death of the mall and people saying about how this, this stoic institution of the mall is, is on its way out. And I'm okay with that. You know, I think it's just another one of these things that they're blaming millennials for just a natural evolution of things happening and saying millennials are killing the mall. When the truth is that the, the definition of the mall, the mall is, you know, it, a place that you go drive and it's multiple places and it really came about in the 50s and and mostly the 60s so it's not that long ago just because the generation behind us or the generation behind them um the 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 boomer generation i'll say it just thinks that it's always been this way means that it should should always be this way well the proliferation the the prolifer proliferation there we go third time's a charm of the mall i thought was really more with gen x the 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 mall culture definitely the mall culture Exactly. So it hasn't really been that long. But, but the boomers are responsible for creating the mall. It. Yeah. So, so the suburbanation of the of the inner core of the U.S. turning into and then malls uh, where people never have to go downtown to the main street. And Courtney to those small boutiques. They don't have to go to the main street to the the small boutiques. When in the '60s, when those things first popped up, they were derided for destroying the whole culture of the high street uh, in, in big cities. And now people are, are doing and the same up in arms because something else is taking the place of what uh, is in the mall. And we do embrace this. Mike, you're absolutely right that capitalism is the engine of our democracy and the engine needs to keep going, keep evolving. And I think you're exactly right in that there's a potentiality for uh, keeping some of the things that were good about the mall um, where it is a place where you can have uh, an experience as a kid where you can sm- see multiple things uh, in one place and I'd have to drive around all over the place. Maybe they become concert venues and shared workspaces is a great idea, but I do think there's going to be less of them. They may be bigger. There's going to be fewer of them. Courtney, don't worry about the jobs. There's going to be jobs. We need to allow our society to innovate and to, to evolve. Uh, I thought Mike, that was a great um, thought. Um, Goodbye the mall. And I'm never going to you again. Thank you very much, Michael. Courtney, this brings us to your topic. What have you for us? I don't even know how to talk about my topic because I feel like wine had just like spat on me. <laughs> <laughs> I did kind really of the off. essence of this show. Ooh. No idea, this show. Just yeah, fuck you, Courtney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way to try. And I didn't to swear while doing malls. it. Yeah, no, you were very uh, <laughs> poignant, but. Fuck you. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, finally, uh, we get here 
and uh, we're in the holiday season. Uh, I, th I don't know what night we are on, on for um, Hanukkah, but Christmas seven. is coming. Seven. Seven. Yes. seven nights. Happy Hanukkah for everyone who celebrates and who doesn't. Um, I celebrate. You could have just said everyone. If you like it or not, happy Hanukkah. No. No. I'm just specifically saying, no, fuck you, Wynan. Not happy Hanukkah to you. Hey. Uh, no. No. I, I wished you Christmas greetings. Anyway. So uh, normally people will send out like a Christmas card and, you know, you'll find pictures, uh, little grams about, you know, happy holidays, love, cocoa, and... Belina, I don't know who your friends' names are, Belina and it's a nice and picture. Yeah, Belina and Coco. Just go with it. Did you work in the circus for a while? Yeah. Like. yeah, they worked in retail with me back in the day at Nordstrom, but it's fine. Um, but some people send out Christmas newsletters where they'll tell you all about Coco and Belina's recent adventures within this past year. Coco so and Belina are a couple? Yeah, well, you don't know. I, okay. You have to read their <laughs> there Christmas There are people newsletter. you don't know, Mike. Yes. <laughs> Christmas newsletters, for or against, start with Winand. Uh, this may come as a surprise. I'm for them. I think that's a, a cool little tradition, not only for the people receiving them, but for the people creating them, and that you're kind of reflecting on the, the year that you've had and, you know, what, what's been going on. And, and uh, you can have them as little keepsakes as the years go on. You have more and more of them. I'm for them. I'm also for them for, for my family members or, or people in the community where you know that there was some, like somebody got arrested or, or something. <laughs> like how they color how that. Spin it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love it. Because like even yeah, in my own family, we would have family reunions. And, you know, when you get a big family, there's, you know, some some things happen in people's lives and they're not all great uh, but the way that they they're reformed and reimagined in the uh, the newsletter is is very creative and so i'm i'm all for them um and then i do like to keep tabs with people and and uh and, and so um send them my way at uh care of mike winant uh, if you can and if you know my address, I'm not going to dox myself. But, uh, just just write Mike Winan on it. <laughs> You'll find it. The post, the postal service is fabulous. About. Mike Winan, in Texas. Cross <laughs> 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 state. We'll get there. Anyone else want to get the ones that Winan's getting? I want to read those. Those sound fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, go ahead. Tell us what you think. Um, I agree with Winan. Um <laughs> I feel like Courtney is feels like she's getting shit on again. I, um, <laughs> I'm much more for those than just a here's a picture of us, especially with like Facebook and social media and stuff. It's fine if you want to do that, if that's your thing. My wife enjoys getting those, but either they get put on they get put on the fridge for like a month and then in a drawer or the garbage. So I don't enjoy that as much i don't ever want to do that because it seems like it costs a lot of money to send your picture to a lot of people <laughs> so that's not on my list of things to do but i have a feeling that one day i will have to do that <laughs> um but it's much more interesting if you are actually getting a tidbit about somebody's life like then i could at least read that and get some enjoyment out of that rather than just a image um so i'm for keep them coming <laughs> Pat, can I give you a little life hack on the uh, Christmas card greeting? Mm -hmm. Get yourself some cardstock 
and then design yourself a postcard. The postage is cheaper. You don't need to buy an envelope and you can print them at home. Nice. You're welcome. at Mike. <laughs> yeah, we also uh, do a separate podcast of things that Pat will pay for. <laughs> it's not very long it would be two episodes long it would be riveting series very limited it would be, limited. <laughs> it would be on hbo max for sure <laughs> the Zoom. <Yeah>. sorry <laughs> mike mcfadden all right so when you when you brought this topic up it reminded me of a feeling that i felt when i was a child where i know people feel strongly about this topic mm-hmm. and Oftentimes, those who feel strongly about this topic are like, oh, that newsletter again from that family. And I've never understood it. <laughs> like, it's just a letter. If you don't want to read it, you don't have to. They're fine. <laughs> it's nothing to get mad about. If you feel like they're bragging or maybe they're... they're yeah, I do hate know. those. We're like, we were at our house in Turks and Caicos, but... That's part of it. Like I've never received one home. like that. I don't have those people in my <laughs> social circle. Are you specifically talking about your parents not enjoying my parents' newsletter? <laughs> <laughs> your parents do one? Yes. Oh, well, they have. Uh, what do they say in it? Mostly about how awesome I am. <laughs> sure. it's, all, it's like three paragraphs <laughs> it's all of Pat. About <laughs> and Ryan Andrew is and our Ryan. kid. And, oh, yeah. and, and, Andrew. and there's also and one more, but no space to name him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm for these, I think, for the most part. Um, I, I'm, I'm for, uh, what, here's what I'm not for, though, is the sporadic newsletter, which I'm, I'm afraid, uh, Scott and Barblothian, this might be you. I don't Uh-oh. get a, a, an annual newsletter. I feel like some years it comes, some years it doesn't. And if you're going to do the newsletter, I want you to commit. So uh, sorry to call you out, Barblothian parents, but... Uh, I'm just waiting. Now I have to wait another year to find out what happened to Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) I actually don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Not about Andrew. No, I do care about Andrew. Sure you do. I don't care about Andrew. (laughs) So I have four newsletters. Okay. Courtney. I've never been angrier in my entire life. Whoa, she's all right. Um, I feel like. Guidance warning. I feel Tom, like earmuffs. Mike McFadden was <laughs> my hype man to get me just to the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, they're the worst. <laughs> and the people that write them, it comes off as like boastful. Scott it Barb. shows off. <laughs> it talks about Kurt Turks and Caicos and how they just dilly dallied and had their 15th grandchild. And oh, now Mark is an ambassador for this company. And Sheila is now um, head of. Fuck Sheila, man. Yeah, fuck <laughs> Sheila. And. And every and everybody involved in this creation process, and like especially, I love when it it's in this so example, long. Courtney. I love in this example. Yeah. It's a grandma and grandpa because you've clearly articulated that they have grandchildren. So they're just <laughs> the sweet old retired well, people just, like, just trying to update their friends, and you hate them. <laughs> well, I don't. You said so hate. yourself. Okay. Yes, I don't hate the people. I hate the game. Okay, I don't like. <laughs> The action of it's okay. a piece of performance art, Courtney. Here. Like what they're presenting. It's not performance only, art. It's, it's only the it's good parts. Bra- and even it's that braggadocious. It is bragging about what happened. If you were honest, if what I would love are holiday greeting cards 
for this year being like what shitty things did you do this year i had a what record of four days in a row where i didn't shower exactly <laughs> i would yeah, love that letter <laughs> but when it's like pre-covid and like they're talking about all these wonderful things that happened yes i'm excited for them i'm happy for them but do they need to write it in a letter so nobody who gives a shit about it will read it because truly how mike McFadden just said, I don't care about Andrew. I don't care about these <laughs> Andrew, things. And I, I, on behalf of, that, the, of for myself, I can say I do care about you. And I do okay, want to hear more. We all care about Andrew. About. That's a side note. We're saying at the end of the day, the people that need to know already know because not only because of Facebook and Instagram. I disagree. Why? What are these, I was what just are these talking people going to do next? Create a weekly podcast where they just share their thoughts? <laughs> <and> their thoughts <laughs> at all. Well, exactly. Well, why do you like, disagree? How often did we talk about what's going on in our, li- on our lives until we started this podcast? Yes, quarterly. but that's every talking. Other year. Yeah. <laughs> At best, quarterly. You're 100% right. But like, did any of you guys do a holiday card greeting, anything like that? No. Card Unless I didn't get one, then really the screw you. We did what? the photo thing <laughs> that you hate so much. Yeah, that's but good. No, part. I love a photo. I love a handwritten note to the person I because you it's just hate personal. your friends is the problem. I <laughs> hate all. No, I'm kidding. No, it's just I don't. I feel bad for the person and myself included for people that then compare themselves to what they're reading. Saying, well, that's well, just social media one hundred and one. That's social media 101, but it's the original social media. It's the original social interaction was just sending out holiday cards and what. But now that we're in this new place of having all of these social media places that we can divulge our thoughts and wishes and exciting things, don't send a whole. But what's the problem with anybody? So everybody's going to have their peaks and valleys. Whether that's of the day or of the year. So what's wrong with somebody saying, this is the best thing that happened to me this year? Yes. Mike, those years you didn't get one. sound like the devil incarnate. (laughs) I do like the idea, or I do like when I read um, a a newsletter, but I also follow them on social media. I'm like, yeah, I know that. I know that. There's nothing new here. (laughs) There's nothing new. So to like, grandparents yes send them a nice private lovely letter show that you care don't make it a thing where you press you know print and it's 40 copies to people that you haven't even talked to since the wedding that that you went to 15 years Who ago sends these to you? like a- i don't get very many if anyone. i don't get very many of them i but don't you do they so, go straight to the truth so when the, i do so get it people who send you these know that you fucking hate them <laughs> one is good one is really good and what the other type is what i'm talking about i think i might do it next year to your do point it. patrick yeah i mean my life isn't all roses but but i think it would be nobody's is yeah exactly but i don't need i don't need the christmas newsletter to be reality i need it to be yeah. like here are the good things I'll, i'm sending out some good vibes and hope courtney i'm gonna out. send you a summary of all of the worst things that happened to me to make you feel <laughs> i would love that <laughs> and the the other thing is if somebody's sharing the best thing that happened to them and it comes off them sounding like an asshole it's probably because they're just an asshole like that's not the yeah. christmas card's fault 
It's true. And I feel like I'm because trying that, to tell- But that's still a gift in of itself because then you can make fun of gift. that person behind their back with your <laughs> real friends. Yeah. I think I'm just making this as like a PSA for assholes. Don't <laughs> send a greeting card like to, that. To Don't me. send a letter <laughs> talking about how much of an asshole you are in society. All right. Real I quick, think we two have, points. One, I think we I thought need, we had exhausted Next time you're time. on here, on the, well, next time she's on, I think she has to read one of these. And two, <laughs> I think I in the episode where you brought up is cursing good or bad, we cursed more than any other episode ever. <laughs> I think so. By a country mile. <laughs> All right. Well, now I believe that we have exhausted this topic. <laughs> Four fours. <laughs> Uh, before we wrap uh, for the evening, um, it's time for a quick lightning round. This week, I will, no, not me, Pat. Pat will list a few topics in rapid lightning like succession, and the rest of us will share our positions. Patrick, what have you? So mine is all movies that are coming out next year, talking about movies that um, are either remakes or sequels to movies, and whether you guys are for or against those movies. So I'm going to go by my screen. So I got Courtney McFadden whining. And the first movie we have already spoken about is Dune. I'm just going to say four. I haven't seen the original. Sorry. Um, (laughs) You should be. (laughs) (laughs) I am against Dune. I read the book because I got into like a science fiction craze about a year or two ago. And this is supposed to be one of the best science fiction books of all time. And I I didn't like it at all. It was not enjoyable and so i don't want to see the movie oh yeah uh, i'm <laughs> for i think that um the, yeah i also have not read that i have not read the book but i have seen the I've also movie. i did read it he read it i didn't <laughs> i saw the movie the original movie terrible hot piece of garbage like in a funny goofy way because it was david lynch and it's like so bizarre mike that did that feel comical. so much better than calling it a piece of dog shit calling it hot garbage um I don't use the phrase dog shit. I think horse shit and and, <laughs> and bullshit are better words. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I think it. I, I'm for it, and also uh, I think it's going to be kind of kind of crazy to see if they can actually turn this. I like it's the movie that everybody says is un like unmakeable because the the material is so dense. Uh, let's give them another try. If it's awful, it might just be funny again. I'm for. Um, I haven't seen or read Dune. But they have been trying to make it for a long time. I have seen the South Park episode that apparently is based off of Dune. So you are experts. Which I didn't realize was that until McFadden a handful of episodes ago. Like Wynan said the spice and then McFadden said, oh, I hate that book. So I I made that connection there. Okay, the, the next one is Top Gun Maverick. And this is, we've talked about these before. This is an example of something that was like, good back in the day and now a much older version of that character is making a sequel so big spot space in between okay go ahead courtney um a hundred percent for uh loved top gun and i just want to do a callback to when we originally talked about saved by the bell the reboot spoiler alert it's outstanding watch it you will laugh your head off and they make fun of themselves too. It's a magical, magical moment in television. 
I don't like to do this often, but it sounds like Pat was right. Self, uh, he said that Saved by the Bell uh, was self-aware, and so apparently it is. Um, as for Top Gun, I'm I'm very for this. I like the first one. The new one looks awesome. Um, I'm actually glad that they delayed the release because I I think that this one will be um, good in theaters, and so but I, I'm fine if they also release it streaming. But I, I want the option to see it in a theater for. Uh, this may come as a surprise. I too am also for this. Uh, it's very I think, surprising. Two in a I think row. that m- movie um, uh, Top Gun was kind of campy and kind of ridiculous originally. So if there's no nothing sacred about it to to ruin in my mind. Also, uh, Tom Cruise is a buffoon, and so he could do whatever, <laughs> and it would be kind of entertaining. Um, also, Val Kilmer is a great actor, and we need to get this guy more work. Yes. Uh, so I'm excited to see. Uh, him in this movie and then finally a movie where america is the good guy we could be the good guys again i'm so excited i'm so excited for a fourth of july where i'm not like half the way like kind of bumped out about it um so uh i'm excited for some uh some naked patriotism so four <laughs> i am also for this um i am kind of sad though uh because val kilmer I believe has throat cancer oh bummer and had to have a massive surgery and he can barely speak now. Hmm. But he was in a movie after that with his daughter and he just, he looked like he sounds like he's not in a lot of pain. I don't know. He probably isn't, but it just, and I don't know if he filmed this before or after that. Um, So I just feel bad for him because he seems uh, like a good guy. So cool. (laughs) 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 Next one is the quiet place part two. I didn't see the first one, but I heard it's really quiet. So <laughs> I like quiet. And that I know specifically people complained about in the theaters if somebody made any movements, sudden movements, or like opened up candy, people were livid because <laughs> there was no sound. So it would have made for like a scare within it. So I found that interesting. So that's another. Uh, theater thing that you'd be missing out on i'm for another movie being made by those people i'm not a huge fan of like the horror suspense genre um i didn't see the first one don't want to see the second one so i'm gonna say against i'm I'm (laughs) with you mike uh horror movies have no appeal people go to them are lying Uh, it's not oh an art form. I'm, not, I'm just I'm being hyperbolic, but I don't like horror movies. I think they're dumb. Um, and so I'm against this movie because it is in, it, I, I'm totally the line against. I like to watch movies when I'm doing specific type of design work. Uh, Cause I'm able to kind of take it in on the side. And I try to do that with this, but because there is no sound, <laughs> there was nothing to take in while I'm staring at design work. So I didn't get to watch it. Um, I like the people in it. I like the people that made it. So I'd like to see that at some point, but I as well, am not really into this type of movie in general. It's just because of who made it that I am interested. Um, okay. Here is one I'm interested in hearing Ghostbusters afterlife. What? Yeah. They're making another one. This one's Canon. Is this, can you tell me the premise or no? Okay. So it's not really an exact sequel. It's um, some kids find, as far as I know so far, some kids find 
the uh, like it's like the grandson of one of the Ghostbusters finds oh, the on. thing, and Paul Rudd kind of tries to help them to set it's something right. Fucking Finn Wolfhard is in it. Of course he is. <laughs> oh. God, against because he annoys me, and I don't know why. That's um, it. <laughs> all right. So I. I am not a huge fan of uh, the Ghostbusters series, which I know is you're perhaps You also don't like music, and you're on record saying- I don't dislike music. <laughs> I just, I, I'm not moved by music in the same way as you softer you have a souls. Soul. <laughs> Check on that. Oh, so, <laughs> I mean, the Ghostbusters is fine, but everybody who holds it up on such a pedestal, I just, I, 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 I'm not there- if they want to do it, if it's got Paul Rudd, it might have some redeeming qualities. Um, I'll see almost any Paul Rudd film, except for his comic book and character. No appeal. I don't think I've ever seen one of those newer comic book movies. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to say against. <laughs> those New York what? comic book movies? The newer, largest not New York. cinematic newer. universe ever? Yeah, you like the Marvel the Marvel one? cinematic movie? Are you fucking no. kidding me? No, they're they're especially the Ant Man movies are very like entertaining, funny movies. So they aren't what you would think from a action or a superhero movie from like ten years ago. Well, it's an entire genre. I know there's seven thousand of them now, but I (laughs) I have stayed away. I'm I'm actually completely with Mike. I've only seen Ant Man. I've seen you guys like all the Avengers. No. No, because like. The, wow. They're all no semi-related. Like I'm not gonna like jump in. So far from it, I'm not gonna jump into like the 40th <laughs> film. In yeah, the, I want to see it from the beginning. And I'm not gonna plus, commit you to can the watch all of them. Well, I can't borrow your streaming right password. <laughs> yeah. Lightning round. Uh, I use my brother's. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was a topic. Streaming Ghostbusters. Yes. All coming together. Uh, yes, yes. That's Ghostbusters. What I it's called the callback, Michael. <laughs> this is. So infuriating to me <laughs> that they're making this movie. Not so much that it's like, oh, it's a sacred piece of, of cinematic culture that they can't remake it. But the whole point of Ghostbusters, what made it so good was it was those three guys, four guys together. It was really a character piece. It was just a, a platform for those ridiculously funny guys to be funny. And then now they're like, oh, we, we have this piece of precious IP and we need to use it. What's popular now? Stranger Things is popular. Let's just make that again and stuff <laughs> Ghostbusters in it. The other thing about Ghostbusters, which which I really did enjoy it as a kid, was like it was very much a New York movie. Like it made New York seem like this living, breathing thing and like all these people together. And so what do they do? They rip that out of the movie completely and it takes place in rural Alberta fucking Canada. Like they're making this movie the like, oh, like, as far away from the original as possible, but just slapping the Ghostbusters name on it. It makes me so f- mad. Um, you like the against. Kristen Wiig one though, right? You like the Kristen Wiig one? <laughs> I, I, loved it. I saw that on an airplane. It was, it was okay. I think they were uh, trying a little too hard to like, if they were like going to say, we're going to make a remake. That's cool. But like, they were trying a little too hard to be themselves. And, and I don't know that I have other issues, artistic <laughs> issues with that movie. All right. I wasn't yeah. against them making it. I, I just like you, McFadden. I like Ghostbusters was fine, but it's not like held up high for me. The th- thing that's interesting about this movie, it is exactly what you're saying, Wynan, is it doesn't seem to be trying to be like the first two at all. 
Um, they just want to use the name so they can get people in the theaters. Well, I mean, that, that's probably true. But based off of the trailer that I saw, I thought it looked entertaining. I love Paul Rudd. I'll see anything that he's in. Um, and I, I kind of like the idea because sometimes you have that where there's this big space in between sequels or of some kind of franchise and you can't recreate what those earlier ones were. And because this one isn't trying to, it's trying to do something different, it could be interesting. So I'll be four for now. Um, did you want to look up Halloween Kills, Mike? Is that what's, what's happening? Uh, I, I just copied it, yeah. Okay. Uh, the last one is Halloween Kills, the sequel to the reboot of the Halloween series from uh, a couple years ago, last year or something like that. Um, and if you didn't know, it's written by uh, Danny McBride, along with his wife. So, no way. Courtney. I'm so for everything that you just said in my <laughs> ears. Like, absolutely, 100% yes. Plus, Halloween, like, that's, that's a classic that people are still loving to go see, including myself, when I have the time. Like, I enjoy... I enjoy the slasher flicks. I enjoy these scary movies. So I highly, I am highly for. I um, just want to know, does anybody know how many Halloween films are in the franchise? No. I'm going to say nine. There are, there are 11. 11. Uh, I've never seen a single one of them. (laughs) I have no desire to see this one. I do love Danny McBride though. So that's the only reason that I would consider it. But I don't like the genre, and I have no affinity towards the character, so count me out. Not even in Halloween? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying. with Mike again. How uh, Horror movies, my life is already full of stress. I don't need to add to that, um, so against. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of these either, but I'm not against the movie because so many movies, you're like, oh, why a sequel to that, or why another but like because of what these movies are, I don't think there's any reason to not have another one. Like mm-hmm. it, it's scratching that itch for those people. So oh, yeah. there'll be the a movie. new Halloween movie every three years on average Forever. until we die. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Patrick, for hosting this lightning round. If you are still listening, please consider telling a friend about for or against. And if you haven't yet, please write a review on Apple podcasts. We'd also love to hear about any topics you're for or against or undecided on via Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or Facebook at For or Against Pod. We just might feature them on a future episode. For now, thanks for listening. Bye. Just old friends on the podcast, we build a defense on ridiculous topics. Are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, this show is immense. So tune in and choose a side that you sit on the fence, man. We debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars. You listening now to for or against? So turn the volume up, this is for or against. <laughs>